Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Sadie Olivia, and this is my podcast, Student of the Universe, where I talk about astrology and things that just interest me because of my birth chart. In this episode, you will hear the ambiance of the end of summer in the background because I'm just really a big fan of the sounds, and it's also just a beautiful day, and I want to let the breeze in. One of the most nostalgic things to me is that sound of like kids still screaming and jumping into the pool, the lawnmowers going, the bugs buzzing. It's just so peaceful that I thought I would include it in today's episode. I'm really excited to share a poem I just wrote recently with you guys, a little update to my last episode where I kind of opened up about my sobriety. So here's my newest poem called Sober Now. In the clarity of sobriety, I found a piece of me, sculpting my identity in the face of adversity. Because reality became something I took too personally, forgetting to smell the flowers and let the bees roam free. All things bloom in their own time. There is no escape from a self-hate crime. That is drinking, smoking, and telling a lie. Reassuring loved ones that everything's fine, but if I want the world, I just have to make it mine. I know I can because the light that shines from me is golden, growing brighter when I let go of the pain that I'm holding. And as an artist, this experience is thought-provoking. What's a better muse than the healing of someone broken? Maybe not broken, just looking through a new lens. When you're not sober, you're afraid of what ends. A paint stroke, clear-minded, is an act that mends. And finally, I've started calling my friends. I say, I'm sorry I've been gone for a while. My short walk down this path ended up being miles. And predictable or not, I still went through those trials because the most dangerous place to be is in denial. I swore I'd learn how to have a healthy relationship. I thought I could get drunk if my intentions were adequate. But the only healthy choice is deciding to quit. And when you choose yourself, you have to commit. The love for yourself becomes an undeniable force, never mind your recent metaphysical divorce from all that does not serve your life's true course. I'm really proud of that poem. I feel like it could make a really sick beat in a song one day when we eventually get to the point where we're making music for everybody and it can be super specific because we don't really care about the virality of our own music you know what I'm saying and I'll do it myself if I need to but anyways what I wanted to talk about today is when you get your spiritual privileges provoked I mean that's one way of looking at it but really it's like when you want to focus on spirituality so bad and like at some point it makes you feel really good but it can't make you feel really good all the time and so what i've noticed is that sometimes when i go through phases where spirituality is like this great thing all the time i'm having such a good time usually the universe tends to kind of take that away from me and not really like in a malicious way but kind of like a okay so are you going to use it or what like what's going on here you know so What happens when we are faced with reality, when the spiritual and divine messages stop coming or the synchronicity stop flowing? It usually feels pretty crappy, but it's actually a really important time and it's just as important as when we feel really validated by our spiritual experience. So let's get into it. I remember the first real existential crisis I had about this transition from spirituality into a more reality-based experience, and it was 
definitely around the time I was going either into middle school or like really high school is when it happened. And what I realized was there were just these days where it occurred to me that I was thinking more about my social life and like, you know, if a girl was into me or if I was going through a friend breakup or something like that. And I realized I wasn't spending as much time being spiritual. And for me, this was a really intense experience because as a child, my parents basically encouraged me to believe in whatever I want. That's kind of like how it happened for me. Uh, My mom had a conversation with me when I was eight and she was like, look, you can believe in whatever you want to believe in. And that was all great and all, but that didn't really prepare me for the times where I wouldn't be focusing on what I believed in and actually just be living it. And watching as my belief systems became a subconscious cause of my actions. And so when I was in high school, I did become overwhelmed with how my ego would jump to the surface of any given experience. I definitely wanted as many people to like me as possible. And I think that I achieved a sort of interest. I think people were intrigued by me as a result of my ego coming to the surface. And you know, at this time, the more I learned about myself, the more I understood why so many people found themselves intrigued by me. In society, I think a thought like that can be easily deemed as egotistical or, in extreme cases, narcissistic. I actually remember the first time I heard the word narcissist, at the time I was falling for someone for the first time, and when I explained to my mother how hard it was to like understand if they wanted me too, she basically said they sound like a narcissist, and I asked her what the word meant, so she said, they're only interested in themselves. You know, in retrospect, I know that person wasn't a narcissist. They were just, you know, young like me. I think that my mom was just a little bit biased because at the time we were both like 14 year olds. Um, But, you know, now I'm older and I realized that my mother's original definition of narcissist became something I would find myself feeling about myself, but kind of in a more beautiful way. I think the first time I really knew that I was like in love with myself during this existential crisis, um, I was like 15, about 16 maybe, and this time period of my life was something I call the romanticism period because my grades were really bad, but mostly because I spent all of my class periods like writing poetry and then like, you know, handing it off to my friends in the hallway between classes. Um... I would spend all of the money that I earned on, like, a camera, and I would just take pictures and videos of everything, and then, like, using that, I would curate my social media feed, and I would just sit there going through my own social media feed, just, like, looking through it and being like, I must be interesting to others because I feel like I'm interesting looking at my own feed. Um, But I was also coming to terms with my, with, like, the story of my life so far, When I was a kid, I always felt equal to everybody else. Like, of course, there was that jealousy when I get on the daycare bus and everybody else's parents come to walk them home. But, like, when I had playdates with friends in big houses with married parents and cute little puppies, I didn't really contrast their experience to my own. I felt proud of the apartment I lived in with my single mom and my two brothers. I loved that my pets were little rats that grossed all of my friends out and developed tumors inevitably. My father's absence even wasn't really a problem for me. I just appreciated more the time that I got with him. I mean, it was definitely unlikely that anyone my age had a father whose, like, favorite thing to do with them is, like, take them out at midnight and push us under the swings, you know. But to me, that experience was so magical. So, growing up 
meant like realizing how much pain was within me. Um, the only thing that didn't change over time was my unapologetic desire to share my authentic self. Like even as the existential crisis occurred and I became more focused on my ego, there was still that authenticity. And I think that's why I do appear and feel like a consistent person. But that was also what made me so interesting to others. So ironically, like the spirituality did end up leading me into the ego focus on reality. And I think that's kind of the point. The spirituality that we experience those times where like, for example, for me, I spent most of quarantine just marching out into the woods and spending the entire day there and only coming back after the sunset. Like those experiences are to prepare us for For example, right now, if I'm not at work, I'm probably on my laptop either working on my own interests, like my podcast or my blog, or getting ready for my first semester back at school in like two years. So they do go hand in hand, and it's really cheesy to say that it's like a roller coaster ride, but in a way it is. Like the spirituality is like that swing downward. You put your hands up in the air and you're like, the universe is taking care of me. But there does have to be that kind of like almost boring climb back up where they're pulling the coaster up so that that swing can happen again and I know I know that most people do know that okay like we talk about it a lot as human beings but experiencing it can be very difficult and I think sometimes this fear is activated by it where it's like am I not a spiritual person have I ruined my connection to my guides to my god why is no one talking to me anymore well, they are. They're just, you can't hear them right now. I'm, maybe they don't want you to hear them, or maybe you don't want to hear them. Either way, these are really valuable time periods, and I feel like I'm kind of coming out of one right now. In the past year of my life, I've had to focus on maintaining a job, no matter how difficult that was for me. Going back to school, no matter how difficult that was for me. Working on my relationship, becoming sober, like these things, it's like going to the gym. It sucks. But then at the end of it, you're like, dang, I feel kind of good right now. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, yep, that girl is hot. But really, like that is the value in these experiences. Like walking uphill isn't fun, but you become stronger, you know? And I feel like I'm coming out of that because the universe has been talking to me more. Like I've had a lot of divine experiences recently. And I'm really grateful to be stepping back into this. Like, of course, I'm excited to be going back down the hill and like putting my hands in the air. But I do acknowledge that I'm going to have to like combine both. And if I don't want it to be such an extreme contrast between reality based times and spiritual times, I'm going to have to merge them together. And I think that's really what I want to talk about. How do we merge those together? How do we keep track of our spirituality combined with the reality? and use both of them to become the best versions of ourselves. I think the ultimate way of dealing with this is through the act of creation. For example, me making this podcast right now is kind of my coping mechanism with the experience. But there are other things too, like sometimes when I have this kind of like alter ego experience where I have a desire or an anger against a certain version of myself, what I'll do is I'll actually go into my sketchbook and I'll draw that person and I'll draw them doing the thing that is like an intrusive thought in my mind. What if I did this? What if I made this decision? And I'll just draw the scene. As soon as I do, like, it's just melted away. I'll give an example of like 
one of the most profound experiences I've had is I hadn't come to terms with my sexuality and how I could express it best. And I ended up drawing some, you know, sexual scenes and that experience of like being able to take these thoughts in my head and create something out of them not even to like share with everyone I've tried to post a blog post sharing these photos and I immediately was like I gotta delete this I'm just not comfortable I'm not there yet I know I will be there but it was the act itself that really made me feel so much better and now I feel like my relationship with my relationship with my sexuality is so much clearer now because I was able to portray those you know and like it just felt really good to let it go and that's just something that can be explained through everything you know like my sexuality is obviously this experience of reality because here are these actions that I can make with my human body to portray a certain spiritual experience but in the end it's happening in the re in the reality so by taking them to my pen and paper and creating those experiences I feel free and I feel like I don't have to figure out how to act on those or not act on them it just is what it is and nothing had to happen in reality for that to occur so reality is the thing that's ever happening it's constant it's there but the act of creation by using our reaction to reality that is the manifestation and I know honestly for anyone listening who doesn't you know practice spirituality that just sounded like a jumble of like gen z words (laughs) um it's actually funny I as I've probably mentioned before I'm low-key high-key into the Bachelor Nation shows and I have been keeping up with Bachelor in Paradise with my girlfriend every Monday and Tuesday we were like soon as she gets home from work I'm like let's do it now I'm like already on the couch it's on the screen I'm ready to press play yeah I'm pretty into it but the funny thing is when you're like watching these new reality tv shows I don't know if anyone else has noticed but like the word manifestation is used so much and like even the word vibes which we hear all the time I said to Katie while we were watching the episode I was like if I had a nickel for every time someone said vibes on the show I'd be a millionaire by the end of the season but words like that like vibes which comes from vibrations manifestation like these words are being used so casually in younger people's vocabulary and for some people I don't know why some people think that's cringy like they'll be like there's two sides to it either that stuff's not real so why are you using those words or on the other hand if someone does believe in those things they're like you're just using those words so freely you don't even know what it's about so it's like either invalidating the experience of the person using it or gatekeeping the experience that they're talking about and both are like horrible reactions to it I get excited even if someone doesn't understand the full like the full experience of manifestation what it really is to manifest at least they're using the word that's like one step closer to actually getting into it and using it the proper way not for ego intentions but for really true soul intentions so I get really excited when I'm you know guilt what's the word my guilty pleasure when I'm (laughs) when I'm consuming my guilty pleasure and people start using the word vibes or manifest I'm kind of like all right here we go the world is taking its steps and I think I think most deep values come through culture right now pop culture I think that's really where the normalization comes from we've kind of moved away from like 
religious religious organizations, political organizations being the poor the perpetrator of belief systems. I'm really good at talking this episode, clearly. But now I feel like it's more pop culture. And I think that's something that, you know, these younger generations have really developed. And I'm really happy to be a part of it. I'd rather everybody get an opportunity to learn than try to gatekeep because someone doesn't know yet. Like, so how are they going to learn? They have to go study a book. They have to buy your course. Okay. Anyways... But yeah, I think that there is a good combination between the two. I think that merging is a really beautiful process. So if you ever are feeling disconnected, just know that that's kind of the point. And you're never truly disconnected. You just need to like zone back in and let that moment happen. It's coming. And all things are combined and everything exists all at once. So, you know, let it be. I think we also need to acknowledge that having that separation from spirituality can be very beneficial to us in terms of our own mental health for example in my last episode i talked about my switch from tropical to sidereal astrology and as a result of that i've had a little bit of trouble maintaining a resource to find out the constant sidereal transits that are happening right now and of course i've been kind of ignoring the tropical ones but it's almost been more beneficial like not having the moon sign every single day and like quote unquote what it means for that moon sign to be occurring has been really beneficial to me i don't like wake up late on a pisces moon just because it's a pisces moon or or i don't get super angry on an aries moon just because it's an aries moon like those what i'm realizing is like there is truth to these analyzations of transits right like there is that human understanding of what it means for venus to move into virgo or libra or mars to move into scorpio whatever you know what i'm talking about and these transits and this is the really important thing that i think we forget about astrology just because it is such a pop cultural phenomenon at this point in time is that we're never going to be able to really fully explain it like human words come on human words they're never gonna be enough to explain what's really happening this experience of astrology is so spiritual it's so deep within you it actually goes beyond who you are right like of course you have your natal chart but the transits this is an energy that is happening beyond the earth right like if there was another habitable planet in our solar system these transits would affect that planet very differently from the way it affects us because we only have these finite ways of expressing ourselves and voicing occurrences in a way that is relatable for a lot of people so by not following the transits recently i've kind of come to like this sense of peace and in a weird way i have not had these thoughts anymore where it's like every day is the same like there was a week or so where every day I'd wake up for work and I'd be like this again it was almost like I was like knocked unconscious even though I voluntarily went to sleep at the right time to get eight hours or whatever I'd always wake up like very suddenly and be like whoa I'm here again in this time period but since I've kind of taken a break from following the transits I kind of wake up and I'm like today could be whatever I want it to be. And I think that's really important to talk about 
Because, I mean, when I originally had CoStar, that was one of the reasons I had to delete it. Because every single day, I would flock to the app and like, what what is my sentence of the day? Tell me what my day is going to be like. And then I had to delete the app. But even when I moved away from pre-existing horoscopes and started writing my own, even the ones I wrote for myself became a little redundant. And I kind of forced myself into this box of this is how I'm going to be today. But right now, I just don't feel that. And that doesn't mean, that will never mean that the planetary energy is not affecting me. It just means I get to experience it more authentically because I don't have a preconceived notion about what I'm supposed to be feeling or doing. Of course, there are things that we can do at certain hours hours on certain days or certain months to manifest the life that we want. And that is so special that we've been able to calculate that. But at the same time, we should be living our lives as it naturally unfolds and have that trust in the universe that this will happen no matter what. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling like every day is the same or you're constricted, just take a week and don't check time passages or time nomads or cosmic insights or any of these apps. Just don't even look. Just what do you feel like doing? And that is just as valid for the energy of the transits as knowing what they insinuate you should be doing. And now a word from our sponsor. The sponsor of today's podcast is water. Are you drinking enough of it? Pause this podcast and please drink some water. I paused recording so that I could go get some water and now my brain doesn't feel like a dried sponge. So go drink some water and that's the only sponsor I have right now. Back to the podcast. Another way that reality really helps with spirituality is letting go. One of the biggest rules of manifestation is that once you visualize what you want, once you meditate on it and you manifest it, the next step is always, it is always letting go. Sit around and waiting for it. That's never going to work for you. It's not going to come. It only occurs when you let go and you exhibit that trust. The universe wants to have a trust-based relationship with you. That's why when you lie about what you need or want, you're just messing up your abilities to get it. But it goes the same way towards the universe. The universe wants you to trust that it's going to give you what you need and what you want. So you have to let go. Well, if you're going to let go, what do you do? You keep living your life. And that doesn't mean go back to work and start working as hard as you can to distract yourself from the linear progression of time until you do receive it. That's the same as watching it. Distracting yourself is the same as sitting there and waiting for it. What I mean is just go about your day. Go take a walk. Like literally live your life as you would after asking for it. That's a great way to use reality to get what you want. By continuing to live your life in gratitude, being grateful for what is there after asking for something else is the best way to receive what you've asked for. So if you're not letting go of the manifestation, if you're trying to manifest a person or a place or a thing and you're just sitting there like staring at it or you're manifesting it every day, you come home and meditate about it or whatever, it's not going to work for you. You got to go back to caring about yourself, caring about others, like you got to let go. 
you just have to it's just the way it works i know it's really frustrating and our little baby human minds turn into little toddlers when the manifestation doesn't happen in 48 hours or less but that's the way that's the way it works so i hope that you do let go after you try to manifest something Okay, but I would be lying if I said that there wasn't one way in which spirituality and reality combine to make something that is kind of a pet peeve of mine. And before I go on to mention it, I just want to say I am not trying to hate on anyone who participates in this, but it's just not my favorite thing. It just doesn't sit right with me. And that's spiritual memes. It's one thing for people to like share their experiences and kind of like have pages dedicated to their spirituality. But sometimes I just see spiritual things where I'm like, nope, I think you missed the point. Like for example, I so often see these like TikToks and memes where it's like, the girl's like showing a boy sitting in her room or something and she's like he has no idea that i manif- manifested him on the full moon i'm like ooh i think you missed the point of that full moon i think the moon is probably a little pissed at you right now just things like that or even like i don't know just stuff like all the crystals in my bra are like hurting me but it's worth the price to like protect my energy as i enter this walmart right now i'm like is everybody missing the point like what is going on right now i don't know those were just like ones that i made up off the top of my head they're probably a combination of like a bunch of different memes i've seen but i don't know um i wish you guys could let me know like do you also feel this way if you do go to my website and send me a message comment on one of my posts let me know because sometimes it just seems like you're back like it just seems like it's backtracking the progress of even learning about the spiritual things in the first place there is like a line that is crossed when we use spirituality to benefit in egotistical ways and I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't love it. Um, but I'm also not a big fan of memes in general, so maybe I'm just not, like, the most qualified person to be judging whether or not spiritual memes are funny. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's a reason TikTok as an app gets hated on, and it's because someone will, like, pull the ten of swords and then tell you you're gonna have a great time. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure about that? So... And I think it's not it's not the fault of the person who's making the content, right? It's that spirituality has been commercialized so much. Like, I see so many t-shirts where it's like, crystal bitches or like, tarot readers unite or like, witchy girls fan club. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's cool if you want to buy a shirt and wear that and, like, represent who you are. Like, this is a core part of who you are. It's literally, like, the center of you to acknowledge and be a part of your spiritual practices. But you're selling me a shirt for $50? Like, I think we're missing the point. So those are some things that do rub me the wrong way, but obviously there's nothing I can really do about it. And as I said before, I promote being respectful and kind to people who are just learning and figuring spirituality out but I gotta cringe I just have to like I'm not a big fan of cringing at what people do on the internet I think it's rude but I mean sometimes you just gotta cringe and that's one of them for me it's like why don't why don't you just step away from the iPhone for a minute and just meditate 
you know? But obviously, like I said, I'm not qualified to be judging people for how they express their spirituality. I'm just getting used to the idea that there is the commercialized spirituality when I grew up, like, eating dirt. But maybe that's my own problem. Anyways, that's all I have for you today, my friends. I'm so grateful that you listened to my podcast, and I really hope that if you haven't listened to any of my other episodes, you can go back and listen to them, or go to my blog if you're looking for some more of my content. I'm just really excited to have the energy to consistently post to my platform and to be talking to people who care about what I have to say. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful day, and I'm so glad you're on this earth.